Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special Christmas message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Babies like to pull on goatees and beard. That's why I cut this one. I used to have this real long, and then I get around the baby. They pull that thing, and they, they get a grip lock a hold on that thing, and they don't let that thing go. And you're like, please take your little evil baby. I mean, take your baby away. <laughs> Jesus was like any other baby. Jesus took months to learn to crawl, months to learn to walk. He had to learn to speak. He was completely dependent on his parents to meet his every need. Notice, saints, unto us a child is born. And look at it again. Unto us a son is what? Given. A son is given. Get your pen. A son is given speaks of his deity. He was God. And notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say a son was born. Isaiah picks up the quill and puts it to the paper and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit tells us Jesus had no beginning. God's Christmas gift came in the person of deity wrapped in the package of humanity. On Christmas morning, God took on flesh, revealed himself in the form of a baby. Don't make the mistake of thinking, listen, that the son ceased to be God when he became a man. The son didn't cease to be God when he became a man. Jesus added manhood, but he did not subtract Godhood. Think about it. Did y'all get that? Jesus added manhood, but did not subtract Godhood. Think about it. Heaven opened itself up and placed his most precious gift in a human wound. And in an instant, the omnipotent one became a microscopic embryo. The one who sustains the world with the word of his power became dependent on a little girl to feed feed him. A son is given. And while Jesus, listen, saints, was no ordinary baby, he was also an extraordinary baby. Because this baby was special. He was the son of God. Say amen. Amen. He was fully man baby and fully God. Fully man baby and fully God. A child is born speaks of his humanity. A son is given speaks of his, what saints, deity. S.D. Gordon, theologian, said Jesus is God spelling himself out in language that men can understand. And again, saints, the birth in Bethlehem was not his beginning. Listen, the birth in Bethlehem was not his beginning. There was a time when Jesus was not. Now stay with me. There was a time when Jesus was not. But there was never a time when the Son of God was not. Did you get that? There was a time when Jesus was not because he came in the world on Christmas morn. But there was never a time when the son of God was not 
John Phillips said it beautifully. The great mystery of the manger is that God should be able to translate deity into humanity without disregarding the deity or distorting the humanity. R.G. Lee said, Jesus is the only one born with no earthly father but an earthly mother. He had no heavenly mother but a heavenly father. He was older than his mother and yet as old as his father. Oh, let me read that again. Y'all need, to, y'all need to eat this on the way home, okay? Jesus is the only one born with no earthly father, but an earthly mother. He had no heavenly mother, but a heavenly father. He was older than his mother, and yet not as old as his father. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Look at the next point. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now, wouldn't it be nice if the government in Washington, D.C. were under the authority of Jesus? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? The government upon his shoulders tells us, got your pen? Tells us the way God would deal with people through his son. The law was the government of God prior to the advent of Jesus But upon the shoulders of the Savior, there's a new government. The new government is the government of the cross. The government of God operates now under the authority of Calvary. So I sinned and I offended the Lord, but Jesus took on my offense on himself on the tree and he gave me righteousness. And now I stand before the high court of God hidden behind the cross Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders. Look at your Bibles. And his name, his name, there is no name that compares to the name of Jesus. No name, no name. Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, pardon me. Billy Sunday said there are 256 names in the Bible of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I suppose this was because he was infinitely beyond all that any one name could even express somebody else once wrote this about Jesus they said Jesus is not one of the group of the world greats for example Alexander the Great or Charles King Charles the Great or Napoleon the Great Jesus is a part he is not the great he is the only he's not the great he's the only names and his are y'all still with me and his are y'all still with me and his name Names are important to God. In Genesis, you know, God called the light. What do you call the light, saints? Day. This is an open book test. Y'all know this, right? God called the light what? Day. And he called the night what? I said he called the night. Some of y'all said night. I know. I just told you that. He called the night darkness. There was evening, and there was morning, Calvary Chapel. There was evening, and there was morning, and God called it the first day. God called the expanse sky. There was evening and morning. God called it the second day. God called the dry ground land, and he called the water seas, and God called it good. God is into names. Somebody once noted that there are approximately 365 names and titles Given to Jesus, whose name is above every name. Talking about names, notice the first thing about his name. His name, look at your Bibles, shall be called, somebody help me, wonderful. There's wonder in his name. 
The very nature and ministry of this child was full of wonder. Think about it. How could a virgin conceive a child? How could he perform miracles? How could he heal the sick and raise the dead and hush the sea to sleep? How could he walk on water? That's a wonder. It's wonderful. Jesus is the wonder of Christmas. Not Santa. Amen. Not the tree. Not the gifts. Not the lights. Not your stuff. Jesus is the wonder of Christmas. There is wonder in his name. There is wonder in his birth. There is wonder in his life. There is wonder in his teaching. There is wonder in the miracles that he, he's done. There is wonder in the transfiguration. There's wonder in his death, the resurrection, the ascension was wonderful. And when we're with him in heaven, you guessed it, it will be wonderful. He is wonderful. Put your Bible down, clap your hands for the Lord. Will you do that? And you two at home. He is wonderful in all of his works and all of his words. There's wisdom in his name. He is the wonderful, what's the next one, y'all? Counselor. Now, what do you think when you read the word counselor? Do you think of that $150 check you just wrote to your counselor? Do you think of Dr. Phil or going to someone for advice, a counselor? Listen, a counselor can tell you what to do, but he can't tell you how to do it. And we live in a culture of counsel. We live in a culture of counselors, don't we? People have life coaches now. If you're a life coach, I love you. I just don't know what you actually do. You don't coach somebody through life. Listen, if you're 50-something years old and you need a life coach, how did you get by? How did you ever, ever, ever make it? Lordy knows. Life coach. Ay, ay, ay. We live in a culture of psychiatrists and psychologists and psychoanalysts. It has been said a counselor is someone who will help you organize your drama so you can be unhappy more efficiently. <laughs> when I first read that, I kind of cracked up to myself. It was kind of funny. Jesus is the one. <laughs> Who gives wondrous counsel and unfailing counsel? Talking about counsel, listen, saints, remember this. I got to say it, move quick. Satan got Eve in the counseling session and psycho babbled her in the sin. Remember? Eve got Adam in group therapy. And together they plunged the whole world into craziness. Remember? It was counseling that got everybody in trouble. Now, it's fair to say... It was also by a counselor that the world was redeemed. Jesus is the mighty counselor, able to help, no appointments necessary, just walk in. Talking about the power in his name, he is the mighty God. Look at the mighty God. The word mighty, got your pen? Mighty in Hebrew means hero God or warrior God. Hero God or warrior God. Hero means a doer of great things. This baby Born in Bethlehem is the doer of great things. And the doer of great things is God. That word God in Hebrew is El. El. E-L. El. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El. El is never used of man. 
It refers to one true God, the creator, the supreme being. He is the mighty God, the El Shaddai, and he's the everlasting father. Everlasting speaks of forever. Take a note. Speaks of forever. It means perpetuity. It means no ending. In other words, God lives in the forever, and he inhabits eternity. He's the father of eternity. One who is eternally a father. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus, listen, is a child and a father. Fatherly in his goodness. This is just theology 101, y'all. Fatherly in his goodness. He's always there. Never too busy. Never preoccupied. Never disinterested. Like a father. He's the everlasting father. And if you're a father, you certainly can relate to this, can't you? Because even when the kids get grown, they leave home, and you feel like an everlasting father, don't you? They keep coming back. Why? I gave you luggage for Christmas last year, and you rolled that same luggage right back into my house. Roll it back out. Go. I ain't trying to be an everlasting father. You grown, you got kids, you go be an everlasting father. I ain't trying to be no everlasting father. Hey, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a by myself grandfather. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, let me say that again. Got happy. I'm trying to be a by myself grandfather. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know you want to be left alone when you say leave me alone. <laughs> Write it down. He's an everlasting father. The baby born in Bethlehem is like a father to his people. He is the prince of peace. Look at your Bibles. He's the prince of peace. Prince of peace describes what the baby born in Bethlehem would bring to the hearts of men. He would bring peace. Have you noticed? There's tons of anxiety in the world, isn't it? And there's tons of anxiety medication focus taken. Everybody taking something so they can chill out. It's true. And it's a problem. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Christmas is supposed to be a peaceful time. Listen to me, I'm helping you. And I'm going to let you go. Christmas is supposed to be a peaceful time. Christmas cards and Christmas carols and silent night, manger scenes and animal petting zoo near the baby Jesus, angels and shepherds and nicely dressed kings, wrapped presents. It's supposed to be a peaceful time, but we've made it a a, a not a peaceful time. We're so stressed out. Taking Xanax and carrying, oh, I got to go get get the the, the, the ham in the oven. And get the, the pineapples on it. Just got to be placed right. Get the ruler. We got to measure those pineapples and make sure. Those... Get the, the, uh, what, what you put the, the, uh, the, the cherries, the cherry. Get the cherries, get the cherries. Get them, get them, get them straight center on them pineapples. Tripping. And everything is situated in the bathrooms and all, and everything is all done and everybody's coming over. Oh, we forgot to put toilet paper in the upstairs bathroom. We're going to run. Ah! 
Christmas was about peace. For Mary and Joseph, listen, Christmas was about peace and they had something to be stressed about. Think about it. I mean, think Mary and Joseph. They had a lot to deal with. The plot against their life by Herod. They couldn't find a hotel. No Motel 6 available. Not a room anywhere. Teenage pregnancy. I believe Mary and Joseph did feel calm and peace because they were with the Prince of Peace. So be peaceful. And don't let the devil steal your peace during Christmas. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands here. Don't let the devil listen don't let the devil your family don't let the devil (laughs) edit destroy your peace am I right about it come over we don't talk about this we don't talk no we're gonna have some peace in this house and I don't care if y'all don't got no pineapples on your ham I don't even care Go get a ham sandwich. I don't even care. Don't let the spirit of Christmas supersede the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual. The spirit of Christ is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental. The spirit of Christ is supernatural. The spirit of Christmas is human product. The spirit of Christ is a divine person that makes all the difference in the world. Listen, got to read you this. Got it. Look. This is the only, listen, Calvary Chapel, this is the only time I'm going to ask you to go ahead, if you'd like, and take out your cell phone. And you may take a video, and you may take a picture, because what I'm about to show you on the screens is absolutely too much for you to write down. But I want you to have this, have this in your archives or whatever, so get your phone. This is the only time I'm going to tell you to get your phone. You might want to take advantage of it, because the rest of the time I'm telling you, put your phone away. I'm going to give you and show you Jesus in the entire book of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation. Don't you know, look at me. Jesus said, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So that means every page in this book, you can find Jesus. Every book in this Bible, listen, is about Jesus. Don't let nobody tell you nothing different. Don't let nobody tell you nothing different. Every book in this Bible is about Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And I want you to see this. I'm going to give you the names and the titles of Jesus scattered from Genesis to Revelation. You'd like to take a video? You'd like to take a picture? Your choice of each slide. Listen, in the book of Genesis... He's the seed of the woman. In the book of Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In the book of Leviticus, he's the anointed high priest. In the book of Numbers, he's the brazen serpent. In Deuteronomy, he's the great rock in the wilderness. In Joshua, he's the captain of the Lord's host. In Judges, he's the messenger of the Lord. In Ruth, He's the kinsman redeemer in 1 Samuel. He's the great judge in 2 Samuel. Jesus is the seed of David. In 1 Kings, he's the Lord God of Israel. In 2 Kings, he's the God of the cherubim. In 1 Chronicles, the God of our salvation. 2 Chronicles, the God of our fathers. In Ezra, he's the Lord of heaven and earth. In Nehemiah, 
He's a covenant-keeping God. Somebody say amen. In Esther, he's the God of providence. In Job, he's the returning redeemer. In Psalms, Jesus is the good shepherd. In Proverbs, Jesus is the wisdom of God. The one above the sun in Ecclesiastes. The song of Solomon, Jesus, is altogether lovely. Isaiah, Jesus is the virgin born, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the branch of righteousness of Jeremiah, the compassionate one of Lamentations. The Lord is there of Ezekiel, the stone cut out hands of Daniel, the king of the resurrection in Hosea, the God of the Bible in Joel, the plumb line of Amos, the destroyer of the proud of Obadiah, the risen prophet of Jonah, the one born in Bethlehem, Micah, the bringer of good tidings of Nahum, the anointed of Habakkuk, Zephaniah, the king of Israel, Haggai, desire of all nations, Zechariah, the branch, the son of righteousness of Malachi. He's the king of kings in the New Testament in Matthew. He's a suffering servant in Mark, the son of man in Luke, the son of God in John. He's the power of the church in the book of Acts. In Romans, he's a power of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians, he's a restorer of the carnal nature. In Galatians, he's a veil torn. In Ephesians, he's a heavenly one. He's a sufficient one in Philippians, the shadow of the one to come in Colossians. He is our coming savior in Thessalonians. He is our great appearing God in Timothy. He's our blessed hope in Titus. In Philemon, he's a forgiver of a wayward slave in Hebrews. He is best of all. I love that one. Say amen. He's a fulfiller of the law in James. He's a rock of our salvation in Peter. In the epistles of John, first, second, and third John, he's our assurance. In Jude, he's the one who is able to keep us from falling. And finally, in Revelation, he is the one coming on a white horse He is a king of kings. He's the king of kings. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he shall rule and he shall reign to establish a kingdom on earth where Jesus shall be for thousands of years. Christmas in Isaiah. Seven, eight hundred years before Jesus was ever born in the manger. And may this year, a couple of things. One, you not become overwhelmed by Christmas. And don't get so caught up with the gift under the tree. Let us be caught up with the gift that hung on the tree. That will be, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. That will be Jesus. Am I right about it? The one who hung on the tree. Where he suffered and he bled and died for us. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed of our sin sickness. Don't forget that. We are healed. All because of Jesus. And that's the best Christmas gift ever. And then Paul the Apostle said this, and I'm going to let you go. Paul the Apostle said this, Thanks be unto God. I think it's 2 Corinthians 9.15. Honey, check that for me. 2 Corinthians 9.15. So you already put your Bible away. Second Corinthians, did you? 
Thank God for a good wife. She always keep that Bible ready. Keep that sword ready. 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be unto God. Am I right about it? Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. Who's that, saints? That's Jesus. Who can describe him? Look, we just went through like the whole book, every book of the Bible. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And there are many, many more names. Go do your homework. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Because you can't take Christ out of Christmas. You take Christ out of Christmas, you take Christ out of Christmas, you don't have Christmas. You got holidays. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.